Well, welcome once again to Maple Grove Kona Church. We are kicking off a new series entitled Celebrating the Songs of Christmas because there are some wonderful Christmas songs. The birth of Jesus inspired more songwriting than any event in human history from Handel's Messiah to Silent Night to Joy to the World. Songs are a wonderful way to celebrate Christmas. Christmas songs unite inspire and connect us to the story of Christmas. And as a way to start out our series this morning, I'd just like you to think about one of your favorite Christmas songs. I know there are probably many Christmas songs, but I'd just like you to just think of one Christmas song. And then, in a minute, I just want you to shout it out. And I want to see if Dan can play one of your favorite Christmas songs. Okay, on the spot, let's hear So, uh, let me hear What are some of your favorite Christmas songs? I heard a lot. I couldn't decipher many. Can I hear them one more time? Okay, I thought I heard Joy to the World over there. Can, 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 we, can we try? Can, we, can you just give us Joy to the World real quick? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. That's very nice. I love that song. That is a beautiful Christmas song. Okay, now we've got to make it a little bit more challenging for, for Dan here. So I'm looking for maybe a different style to sing Joy to the World. So maybe country or blues or hip-hop or some other style. So let me just shout out a couple different musical styles. Reggae. I heard reggae. So that's the style, Dan. Um, we need to hear... Joy to the world, uh, reggae style. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let's give it up for Dan the one. Thank you, Dan. We are celebrating the songs of Christmas, whatever your style. Classic Christmas carols, reggae, country, whatever it is. Maybe not country, but we are here to celebrate because songs are a wonderful way to celebrate the season of Christmas. There's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story of Christmas. There's just something about the songs that we sing and the way that we sing those songs that connect us to the story of Christmas. You know, I, I have a lot of favorite Christmas songs. Jesus' birth inspired all, all sorts of different songs. But growing up as a child, one of my favorite Christmas songs was The Little Drummer Boy. Anybody else out just love The Little Drummer Boy? I just imagined myself, you know, bounce, you know, banging on that drum and singing my songs to Jesus, you know. It was a great Christmas song. But as I grew up a little bit older, my favorite uh, Christmas song uh, went something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I love that one. That was one of my favorites growing up. Anybody else? Santa Claus, Bruce Springsteen. Okay, a few of you, not many, but that was that was me. But then, as I got a little bit older, my favorite Christmas song was when we, when we just sang, "Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel." There's just something about that name, Emmanuel, that God is with us. 
that God is coming down from the glories of riches of heaven to earth to dwell among us, to show us who he is. There's just something about the songs and the way that we sing them that connect us to the story of Jesus because the birth of Jesus inspired more songwriting than any event in history. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be singing these Christmas songs because people have been singing these Christmas songs for over 2,000 years. And over the next few weeks, we're going to do two things. We're going to sing the songs of Christmas, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Silent Night, and we're going to study the first Christmas songs. We're going to study the original songs of Mary, the mother of Jesus, of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, of Simeon, the man in the temple, the one that was devoted follower of Yahweh. We're going to study and sing their songs. As a way to help us celebrate the songs of Christmas, we're going to hear and study and sing the original Christmas songs. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to kick off our series in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, page 10, 12 in your pew Bibles. The words will also be on the screen, but there's a story behind every song. And this morning we're going to study Mary's song, but first we're going to hear Mary's story. And her story is found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We read the following. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The angel Gabriel visits Mary. She's pledged to be married and she hears the news. But contrary to what we might think, Mary was not thrilled with the news. She was quite concerned. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God and you will be with child and give birth to his son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. Although that sounds quite exciting. You're going to give birth to a son. You're pregnant. The son of God. The ruler of the world. Mary was greatly troubled. The Greek word is diakarasso. Let me hear you say diakarasso. Diakarasso means she was deeply scared, extremely scared. Shaken in her because Mary was freaking out. She did not get, she did not understand what the angel had shared with her. See, Mary knew that, 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 that what we know about a teenager that has a child out of wedlock, it's not the most popular thing to do. And, and in her context, it's not only socially unacceptable, but it's worthy of death. According to the Torah, having a child, having sex outside of marriage is punishable by stoning. See, Mary wasn't all that excited to receive the news that she'd give birth to a newborn king because Mary knew that most newborn kings born of Jewish descent were not very welcomed in that Roman world. She knew that Herod would most likely go irate the, 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 the king and, and, and force her to flee as a refugee to a foreign land. See, Mary was afraid. She was extremely scared, deeply troubled. She was diacarasso. And so she asked the angel Gabriel, how will this be? 
How will this be since I am a virgin? That's a good question. It's a question maybe some of us have asked. How can a virgin give birth to a king? Well, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. God will do it. God will provide you a child. There is no other way to explain this, Mary. God, the Holy Spirit, will do the impossible. You're going to give birth to a son, and you're not the only one. Even Elizabeth, in her old age, will have a child because God is doing a new thing. Because nothing is impossible with God. It may seem impossible that you without a husband will give birth to a child. It may seem impossible that your cousin in her old age will give birth to a child. But nothing is impossible with God. And then with very limited information, without all of her questions answered, even in life-threatening Implications. Mary responds, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be as you have said. I'm willing to accept the social rejection. I'm willing to accept the physical danger on my life. I'm willing to have this child outside of marriage and risk my life to give birth to a newborn king. Let it be. Do you hear the courage of this young 15-year-old Jewish girl? In the face of enormous uncertainty and suffering, she participated in the story of Jesus. She gave up her wedding day, a day that many girls dream of. She gave up her fiancé. She risked her life to participate in the story of Jesus. See, this is the story of Mary that leads to her song. She doesn't have all her questions answered. She she doesn't understand all that's going on, but she believed the angel, and then she ran to Elizabeth's house, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, uh, the, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed are you, Mary. You're the chosen one. God's invited you into his story and you believed, even though you're only 15 years old, even though your own people are going to reject you and possibly stone you, even though the Romans will oppose you with great force, even though you don't have all your questions answered, you believed that what the Lord said would be accomplished. And then Mary sang after hearing the the message from the angel, after counting the cost, after 
saying yes in faith to God to do the impossible. She believed and then she sang. And this is Mary's song. Verse 46. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. Do you hear the passion in Mary's voice? Do you hear the courage of this 15-year-old girl? My soul, my soul delights, glorifies, magnifies the Lord. My spirit, the deepest part of me, rejoices in God, my Savior. God, you are my Savior. You are my greatest treasure and highest pleasure. I put my faith, I rejoice, I delight in you, even though I'm scared, even though I'm a little bit confused, even though I don't know exactly what will happen next, I delight, I rejoice in you. See, Mary begins with worship. Mary begins with God, delighting in God. She declares her faith in the Most High God. She quotes Psalm 34 that says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. And throughout Mary's song, we read the promises of God, the fulfillment of of God's promises because Mary's hidden God's word in her heart so that when she hears God's will for her life, she responds with worship. I've been waiting for you, God. My soul rejoices in you. You are the mighty one. Of course, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, even though it seems impossible. But Mary's song is more than just a song of worship. It's a song of revolution. Now, this may be hard to see at first, but through the the biblical archaeologists and scholars, they have found different coins and inscriptions and information about the Roman rule. Now, at this time, as you remember it, Caesar Augustus was the emperor of the day. He's the adopted son of Julius Caesar, and he ruled with great success. He unified and beautified the entire empire. He received all sorts of power and accolades. And his reign was known as Pax Augusta, otherwise known as Pax Romana, or the peace, Roman peace. And his birthday was known as Euangelion. It's quoted as saying, the day signaled the beginning of the good news for the world. That was Augustus' birthday. The day signaled the beginning of the good news for the world. Coins described him as the sovereign one, the son of God, the savior. And then little Mary, all of about 15 years old, with no money or no political voice, sang a song of revolution. God is my savior. 
God is the mighty one. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. See, the Romans announced that Augustus is the good news. That his birth is the Savior, is good news for the world. The Romans declared peace on earth on whom his favor rests. Pax Romana. The Romans declared Augustus as the Savior of the world, the Son of God. But Mary sings a new song. In the face of Roman oppression, Mary sings, My soul glorifies the Lord. My soul delights in God, my Savior. He's the mighty one because He has done great things for me. His mercy extends to those who fear and obey His voice. He's performed mighty deeds with His arms. He's he's brought down rulers like the Egyptians, and He is strong and mighty to save. He cuts down the oppressors, but He lifts up the humble. He feeds the hungry with good things, but the rich go away empty. See, Mary's talking about a revolution, like Tracy Chapman, only it's not a whisper. It's this rallying cry of her heart. It's on, it's on order with Martin Luther's 95 Theses nailed to that Wittenberg door. See, sometimes we envision Mary as this young, quiet, soft, submissive Jewish girl, don't we? And much like this image on the screen of, this, of Mary, is she's got this blue veil on, this robe, and, and she doesn't make eye, talk, eye contact. She's got the, 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 the halo around her, holding the baby Jesus. And oftentimes we think of Mary as this nice, quiet, young Jewish girl that doesn't say a word. But that's not Mary. That's not the Mary of the Scriptures. Because Mary was a fighter. Mary was a leader. Mary was the first to believe in Jesus and the first to sing the songs of Christmas. Our God reigns. Jesus is the Savior of the world and He's coming back to take all that is wrong with the world and make things right. God is coming down. The Savior has come. She announced, now is the time the real Messiah is here. And with a clenched fist and and a heart of worship, she declares a song of praise. To Jesus. See, nice girls don't typically change the world, but Mary did because she was a fighter. She spoke words of truth in the face of enormous opposition, and she started this movement that changed the entire world with Jesus at the center. See, this is Mary's song. This is the first song of Christmas, in the face of extreme opposition from her own people, and in the face of extreme opposition from the Roman Empire, without her her questions answered, she sang this song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but He's lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but He sent the rich away 
empty with a faith as strong as steel before the angels can declare a word, Mary sings her song. Our God reigns. Now is the time. The real Messiah, the real Savior is coming to make all things new. To bring down the oppressors and to raise up the humble. To heal the broken. This is Mary's song. What song are you singing this Christmas season? What song is in your heart or on your lips? Are you singing Mary's song? Or do you doubt that God can do the impossible? What song are you singing this Christmas season? Last week we heard the stories of four women who shared courageous stories of faith in in enormous and difficult challenges. They trusted in God to provide and they live lives of character. If you weren't here last week, the message is online. I encourage you to listen. But one, one woman, Emily, described her current battle with cancer. It happened about a year ago when Emily was diagnosed with leukemia at age 28. And you can imagine the shock. I mean, she's young, she's married, she's working as a nurse at the time, and, and she has one child. She's pregnant with her second child, and she hears the news that all of us dread that you have cancer. And because of the pregnancy, she and her husband need to make a difficult decision to delay chemotherapy in order to give birth to their second child. And she does, and she has a beautiful baby, Grace. And last week, Emily mentioned that the chemo was not working as the way the doctors expected. They're not sure what to do. And in the face of enormous uncertainty and shock, um, Emily said these words, I'm not afraid because I know that God is with me. See, Emily sang Mary's song. I'm not afraid. I know that God is with me. I don't get this. I don't understand what's going on with my life. But I believe that God can do the impossible. Emily made this comment. She said, God doesn't pick on us. He picks us. Isn't that just a wonderful phrase? She said, God doesn't pick on us, he picks us. He doesn't pick on us to have leukemia or some other painful disease or some other challenging aspect of your life. He picks us. He chooses us. He chooses to come down from heaven to comfort, heal, and invite us into his story. See, Emily sang Mary's song. This is Mary's song. I don't get this. I don't understand what's happening in life. But my soul glorifies the Lord. I delight in God, my Savior. Cancer might be wrecking havoc in my heart and in my body, but it can't take away my song. That's the song of Mary. That's the song that we sing this Christmas season. It's a song of courageous faith that God can do the impossible, that our God is with us. What song are you singing this Christmas season? Are you singing Mary's song? Or have you lost your voice in a God 
that can do the impossible. One of the fascinating things about Mary is that she probably sang this song all day long. This song was probably on her lips, not just one time, but throughout her life. I mean, you can imagine Mary singing the song as she's doing the dishes or, or cleaning up the house or walking down the street or caring for baby Jesus because this song was in her, her soul. It was, it was in the deepest place inside of her. She says, my soul, my heart glorifies the Lord. My heart delights in God My Savior, Jesus most likely heard Mary sing her song. Maybe while she was cleaning up the kitchen or cleaning up the house or putting baby Jesus down at night. We can imagine Mary singing the song to Jesus. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit delights in God, my Savior. He's the mighty one. He has done great things for me. He brings down those oppressive rulers, but he lifts up the humble. He feeds the hungry. This is the song of Mary, and Jesus most likely heard Mary sing this song. I don't know about you, but sometimes I sing to my children before I tuck them in at night. It's, uh, it's a tradition that many parents do. I don't know, has anyone here sing, sung to their children before you tuck them in at night? Anybody here have parents that have sung to you before you tuck them in, before you got tucked in? Anybody, parents who sing really bad at night when they tuck you in at bed? And, okay, so that's me. I'm that parent. I'm that parent that can't hold a tune, but will sing to my children, particularly my girls, before I tuck them in at night because there's something about a song and the way that we sing it that connects us to the story. So as I tuck my girls in at night, one seven, the oldest is, is uh, 11, I'll sing them songs. I'll sing them the songs that my mother taught me when I was getting tucked in at night in Polish, just a little bit in Polish. But I'd, I'd sing them these songs. Or I'll make up a song and I'll sing them a song or, or most, for, most likely I'll sing them the song Jesus, be her center. And it's usually that bad. And sometimes the dog howls. But there is this moment that I have with my daughters as I'm talking them in at night because more than anything, I want Jesus to be the center of their lives. I want Jesus to be the center of of their story because there's something about the songs that we sing and the way that we sing them that connects us to the story of Jesus. What song are you singing this Christmas season? Are you singing Mary's song? Are you singing the song in the face of extreme opposition where you don't understand how in the world God can pull this off? I believe, and I sing. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you are facing some just insurmountable challenges in your life, and you've lost your voice. You've lost the passion to declare your faith, your, your trust in God. Maybe you've got problems at work where, 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 where the boss is challenging and the finances are tight. Or maybe it's at home, your kids are, are going through challenging times or your marriage is on the rocks. Or, or maybe it's just inside your own heart or your body or, or you're facing some illness. 
And maybe God's word to you this morning is sing. Sing, express your faith in a God that can do the impossible by singing, by singing your song to Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're new to church, you're new to faith, you're new to the, the entire God thing, and, and, and maybe you, know, you still have questions about the incarnation or questions about Jesus. And maybe God's word to you this morning is simply this, believe, take that step of faith without all your questions answered and believe that Jesus really is the Savior, the Messiah, the one who has come to make all things new. Put your faith in Jesus. See, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what songs you sing at Christmas. All I know is that there's something about the songs and the way that we sing them that connects us to the story. And Mary believed, and then she sang. Mary believed the message of Christmas, and she sang her song, and so can we. We can join the chorus of thousands and thousands and millions and billions of people and celebrate the story of Christmas through song. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the courageous faith of this 15-year-old girl. We celebrate her story and we celebrate her song. And we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would do a work inside of our hearts to enable us to sing in the face of insurmountable odds, against all odds, health odds or financial challenges or personal problems, enable us to sing, to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and to let our faith lead us in a life of worship. Come. Emmanuel, come, O Spirit of God, and move inside our hearts to sing this Christmas season. Amen.